0: I got swine flu.
1: By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales podcast and Happy New Year. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. My guest today is Rosie Tran, a comedian who I met at the L.A. Podcast Festival last year. And I was lucky enough to do her podcast called Out of the Box which we'll have a link to on our website. We do end up talking a lot about her family in this episode because I found her family story to be pretty darn interesting. She (laughs) had her family uh, emigrated from Vietnam in the 70s after the war. Pretty fascinating. So I hope you enjoy that. Also, towards the end, I asked her about her native New Orleans, where she grew up. I always like to get insider tips from people who grew up in new orleans because uh, it's so easy to just go there and just hang out in the french quarter and rosie gives us some tips on places to go and eat that are off the beaten path so that's always a cool thing so stick around to the end for that also on our website i'm going to list some places that she mentions and have links to those places in new orleans so next time you go to the big easy you can check them out yourself Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for sticking around in the new year. We got a great year of travel ahead. I don't have a lot of it planned, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm going to take it as it comes this year. Going to do a little more uh, stand-up comedy. Going to be traveling a little bit for that. Speaking of that, I will be in the Chicago area in February because I like freezing my nads off. <laughs> um. It just worked out that way. Uh, February 17th and 18th, I'll be appearing at the Zanies Comedy Club in downtown Chicago. That's a Tuesday and Wednesday. And then that Thursday through Saturday, the 19th through 21st, I will be at the Zanies in St. Charles at the Pheasant Run Resort. So last time I was in Chicago performing, I had a lot of people coming out from college and high school, and it was great. Had a lot of fun. I will be dressing warmly was brought to my attention that we had a little problem with the Stitcher radio feed of this program the last couple of weeks. I had no idea. Somebody alerted me to it. I apologize to our Stitcher listeners for that little uh, blip. I had to change the website hosting place when uh, we switched and uh, revamped the website. So the RSS feed for Stitcher... Didn't get transferred. So now it's all back up and running. So those of you listening on Stitcher, go s- listen to our past episodes that you missed. Go back and listen. For those of you listening on iTunes, why not give us a good rating? Huh? That helps people find the show. It boosts our presence there. So go there. It takes uh, very little time. Even if it's just a star rating, give us a good rating, and I would appreciate it. And as always, it costs you nothing but a couple seconds. So that would be a cool thing to do. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there and click all our links to the social media, which is, of course, our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the like. All right, let's get on to it. It's Rosie Tran on the Travel Tales Podcast. Happy 2015, everyone. Looking forward to a great year. Uh, for people who don't know you, you have your own podcast, Out of the Box Podcast. You're That's comedian. Right. I am. And uh, what, anything else you should tell us you do? Uh, Filmmaker?
1: what? Whatever. Dancer. The typical LA <laughs> slash 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 yeah. slash slash writer slash podcast right. host slash actor. Slash writer. I know.
0: Throw it all up against the wall. We'll Throw see what happens. Throw
1: it all. See what happens.
0: So, <laughs> so Rosie Tran, if, if people uh, they see your name, they figure Tran, very Vietnamese.
1: They do. What That's,
0: is the uh, the Tran family story?
1: The Tran family story is very interesting. Um, I'll and,
0: be the judge of that.
1: And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I actually didn't know how interesting it was until my. I'm 30 now, my late 20s, because my parents don't talk about Vietnam. <laughs> okay. They're like we don't talk. It's like, about
0: like it. Fight Club. You don't I, talk about it.
1: I mean, come on. I know I've seen the movies, and I know it's it was bad. You've
0: seen the movies, but so it, you you were born here.
1: I was born here, but every everyone knows. I mean, you don't. People talk about the Vietnam War. It's like the big American. No one don't yeah. talk about it. Don't look behind the curtain. You know everyone knows. So it wasn't like my parents were going to tell me anything that was completely outrageous. But you know, I think I asked my mom about Vietnam once at Applebee's, and she started crying. So <laughs> Applebee's. I "Applebee's." <said, laughs> Yes, we're right. In between Applebee's.
0: the appetizer and the main. <laughs> we're
1: at Tell Applebee's. me about the
0: war, Mom.
1: I did, because my friends were like, Well, you've never asked your parents and this and that and I have a friend that travels quite a bit and he's like, Well, you need to get and he's been to Vietnam Actually, you know, I haven't been yet like two or three times. You haven't been at all? I haven't. I've tried. My parents have gone back a couple times. So I'll go back. This, okay. This yeah. This has to do with the story. But, um, and he's like, you have to ask your parents about the war before they pass away and these stories die. And, and so I tried to ask my mom about the war or Vietnam in general at Applebee's and she just started crying. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, um, so from what I know, uh, my mother grew up in a very, kind of like indochine world you know very upper crust vietnamese world because in vietnam at the time now it's a little bit different there wasn't really a middle class it was just extreme poverty or like just normal and yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: like here you know the five percent owns everything and then yeah
1: yeah so she her family was considered wealthy but you know by american standards probably middle class um but if if you've seen any like you know stereotypical vietnamese movie like in a Sheen or any of those movies she had you know house servants and all this stuff, but because it's a thorough country, and yeah. people are so poor they 'll work for anything so she grew up kind of in this very different world, and my dad um, was a soldier in the south um he's from the north, but he actually uh what I thought growing up with was he was a South Vietnamese soldier um, later on, I think it was about two or three years ago I was at a Christmas dinner with my uncle. And my extended family, everyone was there. My my half-brother was there and my uncle. And and they kind of made a joke about convoys, something about convoys. And everyone just started laughing and my dad's face turned like bright red. So I was like, what are you guys talking about? And my uncle's like, you don't know about your dad? And me and my sister's like, what are you talking about? And my dad kind of gave him that like, shut up right now look.
0: Yeah, (laughs) right.
1: So that's when I found out that my dad um, was in a special unit in the Vietnamese Army, and he actually would torture people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which explains my childhood. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. This is what it takes to become a (laughs) stand-up.
0: My goodness. So so he was in the South Vietnamese Army.
1: He was in the South Vietnamese Army. So he tortured his own people for the American side.
0: Oh. Well, thanks. Tell him thanks for that. (laughs) Now we do our own torturing. I don't know if you've seen the news lately. We We do our own torturing. We've learned a few things from him.
1: This from the CIA, yeah.
0: So So I was
1: kind of scared, and that explained a lot because there was bits and pieces of my childhood. First of all, my dad always had flashback nightmares.
0: He he, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the
1: night, would be screaming and yelling in Vietnamese, and then sweating and screaming. And I'm like, "What's going on here?" And just all sorts of weird, like weirdo, wacky things that happened growing up. And I. I know about the Vietnam War now but when as you're a little kid like you know your parents came over as refugees but you don't really put the p- like one into you're like 7 yeah. you know you're just like playing with your barbie dolls you don't think about it so i i didn't get all that stuff so the pieces started getting put together as you know again my dad didn't want to talk about anything but my uncle kind of let the cat out of the bag <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, so we're like, oh, dad. <laughs> did
0: he did he shove the cat back in or did he open up at all? I mean, did he tell, explain anything?
1: He didn't, he just kind of looked really embarrassed and then I, I my uncle told us privately later. Because we were like, What? We're like what's going on? Why is everyone getting awkward? you know? Yeah. And um so
0: And did they come over in seventy five?
1: Uh seventy four, um and my mom came over she was living in saigon she's actually a former miss saigon
0: oh well i believe they made a musical about her (laughs) Miss Saigon.
1: the funny thing about miss saigon this is the hilarious thing because my mom (laughs) does this very good desperate kind of um oh my god it was so tough i came over on a boat and and i was starving for weeks and and it was very desperate and then we couldn't take anything with us. Yet the one thing—this uh, is not a joke, Mike. The one thing that she did have over here that me and my sisters were like, "How did you get that over here?" Was her nineteen, I think seventy-two Miss Saigon like giant three-foot trophy? I'm like, "How did you get that over here, Mom?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that'd be kind of the first thing they throw over the boat.
1: <laughs> like, she's-
0: like we don't have any room because your trophy's taking up all the room.
1: So she kind we need of
0: an anchor. That's what so she
1: need. kind of tells us desperate, like, "Oh my god!" And there was nothing, and there was no food, and I lost, you know, fifty pounds, and I was starving. And I, I and could she, only
0: take three ball gowns.
1: She she makes it seem very, very, and still to this day, I don't know the truth because she's never really opened up. I get these bits and pieces, right? But oh my god, and I was on the last boat over, and this and that. Yet, how did this trophy end up? <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, interesting. <laughs> this, so it was this definitely
1: three foot Miss Saigon trophy. <laughs> you think?
0: Do you think they didn't even take a boat? Do you think they may have flown over? You think? I they're... think
1: she. I think she did take a boat because she gets really, really seasick, and I think it's a, a, a trauma, a trauma thing.
0: Did they? So they met back there. They, they came, met here. They met here. They oh, and there's this
1: whole other drama. This is therapy. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. So they, So you're, you're from New Orleans. I
1: am. Okay. I
0: am. So I knew about the um, Vietnamese community like in Galveston mm-hmm. and uh, Houston because of the fishing industry. That's where they, a lot of them ended up. Is that the same? I guess it's all the Gulf. Is that why they ended up there? It's there?
1: all the Gulf. I think, I think New Orleans is the third or fourth the first biggest community is obviously Orange County, California. Yeah, and then the second is in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
0: Yeah, there's a the uh, big Hmong community yes. up there, and, so
1: I don't know how they ended up there.
0: Or in Ethiopians too. Yeah, like when they were casting Captain Phillips, <laughs> they went up to Minneapolis. <laughs> it's true they they cast a lot of them out of there.
1: Yeah, so Minneapolis has this melt huge melting pot, I guess.
0: I think it's just there's like either some churches or organizations that are really. Influential and in bringing people over that and are then, in Minneapolis. Oh yeah, and then yeah. once once they bring one family over, then they bring you know all their <laughs> friends and they tell two people, and then it's like, why did the Russians all end up in West Hollywood? You know, same kind of thing.
1: So there's a that's number two, and then I think third is Houston, and New Orleans is fourth, and and I think New Orleans was third, and then after Katrina, it moved yeah. a little bit west. So it's a pretty big community, and my dad actually runs one of the two Vietnamese newspapers down there.
0: Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So they met in in America. I'm wondering if they're like reluctance to talk about it. I mean, I'm sure part of it's cultural, but part of it is... I don't know. Is it like we just want to leave that behind? We're Americans now. We don't...
1: I think both. I think they want to leave it behind and they also... Asian culture in general, they're not too good about dealing with problems. You know, Japanese culture, there's a whole thing. No, all of it. You it's, don't, yeah. It's, don't talk about it. It's better to, you know, kill yourself. Press it to, down. Push it down. Push it, push it. Push it down. Which is ironic because most of the new age self-help stuff comes from Eastern philosophy, so it's kind of this weird, wacky. It's like they were had all this open-minded, you know, Confucianism and and Buddhism, and then all of a sudden it kind of morphed into this weird other thing. So yeah, but
0: but, it, the, but are those things? I mean, I was found it like uh, in my. I might be wrong about this, but like all that. Buddhism, you're wrong. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Moving on.
1: You're wrong, my boy. But even if they.
0: <laughs> but it's a coping thing. But is it more like an inner kind of like a prayer type thing rather than just like. I don't know. It seems like a very American thing to do to just get in a group and share. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and um, also a generational thing because, like, my grandparents were in the war. You know, I they don't talk about anything, right? Came over from Russia and they, don't, they didn't talk about any of that stuff. And I know they saw horrible stuff. You know what I mean?
1: I think it's both. I think there's it's part of the culture, part of the generation, and also part of, hey, let's not... It's yeah. over now. We're here. We're free. We're you here. deal with it. You know, <laughs> life
0: is hard. And, you know, they just kind of like... And they saw so much war and death, you know? And- I
1: do. But I, I think it is good to talk about it and healthy, too. And I, I think it would serve them to talk about it. But yeah. they, they don't. And I, you know, I know my mom mentioned one time, she'll mention things that... To her, are quote unquote normal because she grew up with them, but they're so like totally unhealthy. She's like, oh, one time I went to my fifth grade class and everyone was dead. I'm like, mom,
0: that's not normal. You realize that's horrible.
1: (laughs) And she doesn't, you know, I don't think normalizing it is a healthy coping mechanism, which is why my parents have major issues. Yeah, (laughs) and I love them. I love them, but they're a little kooky. (laughs) Well,
0: you look at that. I mean, especially Vietnam in the in the 20th century when I was there to visit and you every you know in in like a 20 year span they beat let's see the the uh, the Chinese the French the Americans
1: they're like get out like, <laughs> I, mean, I gave
0: them, I had to give them like props you know I mean they they're tough bastards man they. <laughs> I mean, to kick out those three people, that was like in 20 years. They booted They're the like, Chinese, leave. the French, the Americans. I mean, they don't fuck around. And then... Uh, but I mean, that's... And if you grew up around that time, you pretty much knew... There was like a new war every few years.
1: Yeah. And that's why I say, Mike, never ever date a Vietnamese woman because we've all grown up with psychological warfare. Okay.
0: And you're married.
1: <laughs> I am married and my husband always makes fun of that because it's so true. It's like... Because all of the ways that the Vietnamese beat those countries was not from might. I mean Vietnamese people are physically tiny people yeah. and have a very poor country with no resources at all. It was all psychological warfare, which is true. And my sister who is a first generation like me, she actually took a class on uh, Vietnamese culture and she said that it's so hard to understand for Westerners because it's all psychological Mm-hmm. The way they deal with certain certain problems and certain issues.
0: Yeah, I so when I first went through the Coochie tunnels outside of Saigon, and where the you know when you saw how they lived, they could live for weeks on end in these tiny tunnels that I could have barely even fit through, and they would just stay under there all day long, and they would come out at night and ransack whatever. It was and the, crazy. I and mean, and once I saw those things, I was like, oh, we didn't we didn't stand a chance. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're just like, well if they, they can do this, they can do a lot. They can do anything. You well, know what they, I mean? They
1: used a lot of psychological warfare. They used the weather. Yeah. You know, certain weather techniques they knew, you know, hey, these gringos aren't going to last in monsoon season. and And a lot of the guys were out there who were from, you know, Idaho or wherever. They're not used to... You know, yeah, I mean, hours of rain
0: and the heat, flooding, and I mean, the heat, heat is brutal.
1: Mosquitoes and you know,
0: no, so. it's it's a hard country, but it's also a beautiful country. I'm amazed I that you I'm haven't so been jealous.
1: There. Well, so that goes back to so the first time I was supposed to go back was my grandmother passed away, and my dad, because of his past, <laughs> right. was afraid that um, if we went, then we would get kidnapped. Oh, um, because he. You know, I thought he was being paranoid because at that time as well, I didn't know that he was you know involved with torture and other yeah. articles. Against they might have
0: his photo up somewhere. The
1: communist government and everything like that. So I, I said, Dad, you're just paranoid. And a couple months before he went back for my grandmother's funeral, his friend who worked with him when he was in Vietnam got kidnapped.
0: Oh my god! So I was
1: like, Oh, I guess you're not paranoid, Dad.
0: <laughs> so did, did your dad go?
1: He did go, and he didn't get kidnapped. Oh, thank God. god. Um. That's but scary. That is scary, but his friend did get kidnapped. So he he was justified to be paranoid. Um
0: Was he still did they let him go eventually or did they
1: I don't know what happened to his friend. I never oh God. I never followed up with that, but his friend did get kidnapped and then my mom went back separately because she didn't want to be associated with him um for that reason. And she went back with my sister and I was supposed to go on that trip as well, but then I ended up being on the road for comedy and I couldn't go so Hmm. me and my husband are planning to go in the next year um and well we were supposed to go this christmas actually with my whole family and then my sister got knocked up
0: (laughs) those (laughs) trans, they get around
1: so she gave birth to a baby my nephew is a couple months and my mom thought it was too dangerous to have him over there with all the different diseases and vaccinations and other things so Me and my husband are getting tired of waiting for the whole family. (laughs)
0: Just go. You can't wait. I've learned that. You said that. Yeah. You can't can't wait. wait. So we're
1: probably going to go next year because we told both sides of the family, no more holidays. The next, we're done. Because it'll
0: always be something, you know. Whether you know you guys can go, and then like you said, your sister had a baby or something like that, or you know when they can go, you're going to have to work. You know, there's always going to be something. There's
1: always something. So we've just given up on trying to coordinate and work in it. We've done a couple successful family trips. We went to Paris together with the whole family. And um, we've done a couple, a couple successful ones, but we we're just tired of waiting.
0: Is there still family there that you could actually look up, or would that be? Yeah, risky? I have like twenty
1: two cousins over there.
0: Well, are they in? <laughs> are they in Saigon?
1: They're all over. I'm sorry, the...
0: Ho Chi Minh City.
1: <laughs> um, they're all over the place, and my my dad still supports some of the relatives because my aunt passed away, and and you know, work over there is a bit spotty. Mm -hmm. So he still supports some relatives a little bit. And uh, my sister, when she went back with my mom, said my cousins were awesome. I guess she partied with them and said they're they're pretty wild.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: (laughs) She's like, our cousins can drink.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of that there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And my sister's a sorority girl, so that's a lot. (laughs) Wow, yeah, that's
0: saying something. She's got tolerance.
1: (laughs) She's like, they can drink. So, (laughs) yeah, and... The one thing she said is that she she felt so wealthy over there just because the standard of living is so different and that she just felt so fat. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's so thin.
0: <laughs> well, and also you'll be tall for a woman there probably.
1: Well, I went on a tour And you're
0: not even that you know, I'm not. I'm five
1: I'm five six. I went on a tour in the Middle East and we stopped off uh halfway somewhere like in iraq or some i can't remember where we stopped i think maybe it was dubai or something but it was there was a huge flight that was a stopover to asia so there was a lot of asians there and i was standing in line and all the comedians were making fun of me because i was standing in line of all asians and i was literally i think a head and a half tall
0: oh yeah than everyone. <laughs> i got photos i'll show you one like me walking <laughs> through hanoi and there was these i mean because people came up to me i don't know if i yeah, you a, said that people when they want to take a photo of you and just me with these four women. And I am just towering over. I mean, it's so huge.
1: Do you think it's because, uh, like, why are we so tall? Is it the GMOs? Is it the hormones There's in our
0: genetics, food? Genetics, yeah. yeah. I mean, your diet. When, uh, because
1: I have Vietnamese genetics. Like, what, like, what's up?
0: Food, dairy. I mean, they don't really have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's more diet, I think.
1: Well, even I, I'm taller than my sister. My sister is 5'2", and she said she was, like, taller than everyone. How tall is your mom? My mom's pretty petite, like 5'2", five, 5'3". Five,
0: okay, and your dad is...
1: And my dad, he was 5'7", but he's shrinking with age. Right,
0: yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> he's that's like what a, happens.
1: He's like a little Asian man now.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are small. I mean, the smallest of... It was like, yeah, the Chinese and the North Vietnamese, or North, all Vietnamese now. And, of course, North Koreans. But again, that's a lot of diet stuff. They're really small. Because are the portions they're, under-nourished. Like a... they're undernourished in North Korea. But, mm-hmm. Are the portions uh, a lot smaller too? Yeah, you're going to get... That's everywhere in the world. I mean, if you're American...
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> our portions are completely out of control. I mean, everybody, the world comes here and they look at our plates where they go to they a restaurant. This family goes,
1: for Is everyone? this for
0: one person? Oh, that's yours. What? Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so... so
0: well, uh, where have you gone? I mean, you must have seen it other places. Have you been anywhere else in Asia? Have you ever traveled throughout there?
1: I haven't. I'm a bad Asian. Oh. <laughs> what am I doing on this travel Yeah, podcast?
0: you are here under false pretense there. I was waiting to get all these asia stories and wow.
1: every every asian experience has been has been collapsed i was supposed to go to japan on a uso tour and that fell through oh. and like every time i go to asia or try to go to asia it like falls through the cracks mm. i'm not meant to go there
0: well you haven't been kidnapped yet so that's good i
1: haven't been kidnapped
0: but you said you went to paris
1: i did my brother lives in paris so my that goes back to my family story so my dad was previously married <gasps> and I know, what he never told my mom, and that was a whole other. Family oh my drama. God!
0: There's a lot of secrets in the Tran house. Oh,
1: there's a lot of secrets wow. that came out, and there, there are a-
0: skeletons all up in that closet.
1: Yeah, that's right. So my dad was married in, here
0: or in Vietnam? In
1: Vietnam, oh, okay. and he that
0: doesn't count over there. That's he, like foreign rules.
1: <laughs> well, what happened was, I guess he was divorced. And he had partial custody of my half-brother. And so they were going back and forth. And then after the war... So I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but there was a time when people didn't have cell phones. What? And internet and Google. But they
0: had Facebook, right?
1: No, no Facebook. What? So if someone was lost, they were like lost. So after the fall oh, of Saigon, my brother and my, my uh, I guess his mom, got they got in a refugee boat and ended up in, in France. Oh, and my my dad ended up in the U.S. and he, he couldn't he just couldn't find them. It, like they didn't know where he. It wasn't like they could write back home to Vietnam. He was somewhere else, so he thought they were just gone and and ha- he didn't have any contact with them. So when he came to the U.S., he decided you know I can't find them. I don't know where they are. I'm going to start a new life. So I guess he told my mom a little white lie that he had been never had anything before that. He claims he he wanted to start fresh,
0: right? So, well, so I get, that was, I get it. That was his thing. Yeah, but did you ever? So what age did you find out about this other? life and you had a half brother
1: so they started getting into arguments i guess my brother somehow found us and was sending letters and my mom was like what the heck (laughs) like oh wow (laughs) and so they were kind of arguing about it but they kept it from us but i think i overheard them or one or whatever and i couldn't really remember so when i was 13 years old i went on a uh school trip with my my french class i was going to do a semester overseas uh semester abroad um you know i'm from new orleans so french is like a big thing you right know?
0: but did your mom speak french from the indochine days
1: she speaks she used to but she's forgotten most of it oh, okay so um i was gonna go and my dad goes hey rosie come into my office i'm 13 years old and he's like well you're going to france and i want you to find your brother i'm like what
0: my wa- wow <laughs> hey, could you take him this money and uh, his baby shoes
1: and- i'm like what oh my god and and so he's like i was gonna go in a couple months and he said i said well dad i'm gonna be with my school group i can't just like wander around paris at 13 (laughs)
0: right
1: and he's like well if you have any days off like try to find him and and here's the last address that i that i found that i spoke to him at because i guess my mom had gotten into a couple arguments with my dad and then they had stopped contact and there was all this weird Mm. so my dad gives me this letter so i this this address so i write this letter in my 13 year old broken french with little school pictures i sent it to paris and some french guy lived there not my brother and read the sad pathetic bad 13 year old french and and saw the cute little school asian girl picture and felt bad and forwarded on to another address my brother had since moved twice and then that person read the sad little letter and then forwarded to the next address. Oh, my God. And then – so I went to France, and I think we had one day to just wander around. I tried to find him. I couldn't find him. So um, I think a, the, the forwarding of letters took a year and a half or two years. And then when I was 14, I got a letter in the mail from my brother saying, Hey, I'm your brother. I got this letter. Is this you? Or are you my sister? Wow! And then – when i was 16 my dad sent me and my older sister back to france to meet him and that was the first time that we met him
0: how much older is he than you
1: he's a lot older he's in his 40s oh, and okay. i'm maybe he's older i don't i'm bad i don't even know
0: wow. man oh man
1: <laughs> because he doesn't like to tell me he's like, i remember asking when he's like oh i'm old <laughs> did you get along oh my god he's hilarious
0: do you look like your dad
1: he looks exactly like my dad but back to the secrets oh so my brother was is gay and he was living in france with his boyfriend of 12 years or husband and my dad didn't know all this so i don't know if Uh, you know anything about vietnamese culture but like the son is like the yeah the first son is like the freaking you know uh god of Mm -hmm. you know whatever so so my dad he you know he still hadn't seen my brother and he would see these pictures and he's like i don't understand he's so successful he's so handsome why hasn't he
0: found a nice girl Why,
1: (laughs) why isn't he married what's wrong what did you girls see over there like what happened like how is he doing you know, and we go over there and my brother is like gay. I talk about this in my act he is not in the closet. You know, we came over Hello
0: Bonjour.
1: <laughs> there is like nude pictures of men on the fridge, oh, okay. rainbow flags, like all over his apartment. And well, no, me, me and my sister are progressive. We don't care. Mm. You know, we loved him anyway. But we're like, what are what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna tell Dad? Like what what and mm. he's like, I don't know. He's like, I never I never thought of it. So uh, my my brother decided that he was gonna go back to New Orleans in the next year for Christmas and bring his boyfriend with him. Oh and next that's that oh. was the next Christmas, so we're seventeen or eighteen, I can't remember. And um My dad me and my sister honest to God thought that my dad was either gonna kill my brother or kill himself. So we oh. were like I don't think you should bring your it's, you guys. You live in France you'll, he'll never know like you'll never like I would never tell someone not to come out of the closet but it was just one of those experiences where my dad is so traditional so old school like we were just yeah like, I know what
0: you mean it could just kind of just why make it yeah worse, we're like you, know? you, you never see each you other you see this guy once in your life and you're gonna ruin his day you know
1: yeah <laughs> like oh we're like he you know it's not a big it's you've never seen him you guys had a falling out and you did never talk it's been 40 years like like why burn bridges yeah
0: (laughs) push it down asian style push it down repress it
1: so my brother came home and he brought his boyfriend we did and he was like hey this is my boyfriend and comes my-
0: dancing in, does a pirouette.
1: He did. He was dancing in, singing Some show jazz tunes. jazz hands. Singing show tunes, <laughs> wearing, you know, assless chaps. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Why wouldn't he? It's New Orleans. Why not? Mardi Gras.
1: <laughs> and, and he, my dad was silent and didn't oh. say anything. And then he went into his office for three days, I think. And we didn't, we we're like, should we call the cops? Is he ODing in there? Like, what's going on? And just, like, he just closed the door. Like, he didn't come out. And then he came out, and he was like, I love and accept you, and I love and accept your husband, and we we're like, what the heck?
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, you live long enough in New Orleans, that'll do it to you.
1: Yeah. And and it was actually the best thing that's ever happened, because my dad used to be a total like stick up the behind, uh-huh. and he actually relaxed a lot.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
1: So it was oh. a happy ending. Are they
0: still in contact?
1: They are. They're still in contact, and we visit each other every few years. And um, every single time I go, they go, when are you going to learn more French? Because we're sick of speaking oh, English right. and I try, but my, I am like the worst.
0: Really? Do you know... You, how's your Vietnamese?
1: My Vietnamese is very good okay. because that was my first language. And But I was the kid that always wanted to learn French and I just... The, my, the public school system is so bad. I just never the learned...
0: the New Orleans? I, I kept
1: trying you to learn French. You think that's the one thing
0: they could teach down there? I, I kept... That and jazz.
1: I kept trying to learn French and, and every class i took was like bad and it was yeah so i even have the little audio i started downloading audios and trying to listen but there's no good free ones you, you have to pay <laughs> right <laughs> well i wonder wondering it's
0: like even though it's well i guess it's latin based i wonder if there's a like maybe knowing vietnamese which is so much different hurts it in some way well, i don't know they... i
1: have a friend that learn that knows five no eight languages
0: some people just have a knack for it Well, she said it's
1: actually learning languages is one of the hardest things ever. And she said, but after the fourth or fifth one, thanks. She said (laughs) something clicks in your brain and then you can just learn a bunch of languages really easy. Yeah. Because I guess there's a pattern to it or something, Mm -hmm. even though they're all from different, you know, there's like Germanic and then Latin and then Asian. But she says something clicks and you just, like, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, like, just learn any language. And she said now she just picks up languages.
0: Oh, that jerk. (laughs) I hate her already. The, uh... (laughs) Yeah, I remember because I asked you to translate whatever was written on the wall that, on the graffiti in my
1: uh It wasn't well written.
0: Photo. Well, it was graffiti. It was scratched <laughs> on a wall. It was like something dog, a, a
1: cat, cat, something. <laughs> like it was just gibberish basically. It okay, was like good. some kid like practicing like English. for okay, well, for cla- tra- I hope practicing it's not filthy. It. It's not. It was totally just random stuff.
0: I'm amazed. Like I tell people, when, you know, I've been to <clears throat> Vietnam a couple times and they're like, what about the languages? Like, if they know Vietnamese and if they know one other language, it's, it's English. English. Yeah. So, but that's true of most of Asia. I mean, so I tell them, don't worry about it.
1: Did you it. get hit on many any Vietnamese ladies looking for a green card? No. I always hear that. And I don't know if that's just like a stupid... hookers,
0: but not. <laughs> I'm sure they would have liked a green card. Cash they would have taken too. But they, because uh, no. I
1: always hear that. And I'm like, is that true?
0: I don't know. <clears throat> you know, it could be in any country. You know, yeah, maybe. I wouldn't doubt it if it happens. But uh yeah, it wasn't approached like <laughs> not really. Maybe <laughs> they want to like, you know, have be, you know, Facebook friends or something. And then maybe that'll lead to who knows. Bring you over. Uh, from what I hear though, like okay. I have a friend who was dating a girl in uh Thailand and just having them come over here is a real difficulty. It's a lot, especially right? for Thailand because I guess so many like mail order bride stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they can't even get a visa to come visit. It's really hard.
1: Is that is that there's there a lot of Miller order stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Um, so it's, have
1: you seen the documentary Um Seeking Asian Female? No. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> this this guy. It's I I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it's so funny. He he is a. You know, creepy old white guy, and he wants a, a mail order. Mm-hmm. And he has, of course, the delusional stereotype that Asian women are going to be submissive and loving and take care of his every need.
0: And we know better than that, don't
1: we? Then, and he orders her and brings her over from China. And guess what? She's a real person mm-hmm. that has feelings and needs and wants and and isn't submissive and has a personality of her own. And he's like, oh, what did I get myself into? Yeah,
0: he wanted a housekeeper.
1: <laughs> he wanted a housekeeper that had sex once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> And it's just hilarious because this poor guy is just, <laughs> I think in one scene she's like, she, she's just like the opposite of submissive.
0: Oh, no. Just like busted his balls to the <laughs> She's whole movie. like
1: speaking in Chinese and he's like, what is she saying? It sounds so cute. And she's like, if he, I'm going to kill him and stab him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: I'm like, I don't think this guy knows anything about Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chinese women are pretty aggressive.
0: Well, speaking of films, it was, it was <clears throat> like, did you ever see The Fog of War? I haven't. Uh, it's the documentary. It's about uh, McNamara, who was the head of the U.S. military in, during the Vietnam War. And he goes back, you know, there's about all the mistakes he made and all the idiocy. The, of, I know about a lot of those. Everything we were done being. A lot of those there. But it's a great documentary. And But there's this scene that, like, 20 years after the war, he goes back there and has dinner, some ceremony with uh, the North Vietnamese head general or whatever he was, his counterpart in North Vietnam. And uh, they find they never met. They knew of each other. They finally, <laughs> so now the twenty years later, they finally meet. They're old men, and and. Uh, Finally, the North Vietnamese guy's like, what were you guys thinking? Why did you come over here in the first place? <laughs> and he's like, well, we thought you were going to, you know, once you fell, that you would get in bed with the Chinese. And, this, and, and the guy looks at him and goes, haven't you ever read a history book? We hate the Chinese. We've been fighting the Chinese for a thousand years. And he's like, oh. I think 2,000. Yeah. <laughs> and McNamara's like, oh. Yeah. It's like America never, no, yeah, oh, yeah. we, we thought you were all going to get together. <laughs> Idiot. You know, thousands dead. Oh, great. Thanks for doing your homework. But it's the same thing like Bush thinking like oh, the yeah, you know, the Arabs are the same. Shiites, Sunnis, and Kurds. Yeah. We
1: hate each other. Yeah,
0: you guys yeah, get along. We'll go there straighten y'all out. <laughs> yeah, we've been fighting for two thousand years. Yeah, no, we we'll, we're gonna settle it. <laughs> Idiots. I mean, do they, I mean, what was the feeling of, like, do your parents have feelings of the Chinese that they say stuff like that or the Japanese? And-
1: my parents have no negative feelings about the Chinese. My dad actually um, has some anti-Japanese sentiment because he grew up in Vietnam during the Japanese occupation during yeah. World War II. And his, my grandfather's house was actually taken over by Japanese soldiers and was used as some type of torturous internment thing. I don't know. My dad does. Yeah, the
0: Japanese made a lot of friends during yeah. that time. Boy. So
1: um more torture. A lot of torture lot of going torture. on. <laughs> so um my dad his memories of Japanese people, you know, of course we think of Japanese people these days and we think of, you know, cute Hello Kitty and cute little and things and, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 other things like that. But my dad remembers the Japanese when he talks about Japanese people, he remembers torture and, and yeah, they
0: were brutal. And they were brutal, and
1: I, so I guess my grandfather's house was taken over as some type of post. But again, he doesn't talk about it. it's kind of vague bits and pieces. Yeah, but they don't have any negative sentiment towards the Chinese. I think because my mom's half Chinese. Oh, okay. And um,
0: you telling me Miss Saigon is half Chinese? That's
1: right. <gasps> <laughs> it's a scandal.
0: Man, I mean, she better return that trophy. <laughs> tell you what. So did uh, so growing up in New Orleans. I know there's a big. You said there's a big uh, Vietnamese community there, but you're still in the South. I mean, what did uh, am, what's the dumbest thing that anybody ever asked you? I, growing up,
1: you know, a lot of people think that, the, you know, Louisiana. They're like, oh, the South. It's really racist, but Louisiana actually has a weird history of being very open and diverse. Especially New Orleans.
0: Well, New Orleans is different than the rest of the South. When when I was
1: growing up there, you know, I mean, right now they have Jindal is is governor. Mary Leandrew was, uh, you know, now she's out. So a woman, an Indian. And growing up, um, Jefferson Parish, which is right next to New Orleans, you know, for over 20 years, the sheriff was Chinese. I don't know if you know that. No. (laughs) Sheriff Harry Lee. He was a Chinese guy. Um, so it's, it, it was a little different. I never experienced that. What I experienced was kind of a weird racial tension that didn't have to do with me because there is still, I think some, some racial stuff. And I think white people considered me white because they, I wasn't black. You're not black. But black right. people considered me black because I wasn't white but,
0: yeah wow, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> so i kind of was in this weird middle ground and mm-hmm. and that was more odd
0: well new orleans is rough you know i tell people it's like you go there, if you've never been yeah it's you know it, it always leads up there and like murder capitals and, and it stuff is like that. a lot it's of people rough, don't know that it's a rough town and it's poor new orleans you know?
1: detroit and dc yeah. duke it out every year for murder capital yep
0: yeah we're number yeah. one <laughs> You know, and I it's your numbers, my hometown of Chicago is uh, winning, but it's I think base, base per capita per, per capita. Yeah, yeah, it's, Ch- yeah, Ch- it's Chicago, rough. Chicago. And Newark, hey. right. you gotta don't forget Newark. Yeah. Newark's <laughs> always up there. So no, it it's is. rough. Then I tell people you wander two blocks off the wrong direction. You're like, ooh, where are we? You it know, is. Ooh.
1: It is. And I think a lot of people in, in SoCal don't don't understand that. And and you know, people hear me, and I don't you know have any type of you know urban accent or ghetto accent, so people think. Certain things about me, because in Southern California, you know, people th- associate Asians with Orange County Asians, and that's more wealthy. More, it's different. Well,
0: or Koreatown, I got Koreatown right here K-Town, next to me. That's,
1: that's true, but it's more more wealthy. Asians here are very wealthy, and they're different they, by comparison. But by, by no, well the 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 people that I grew up with were very fishermen, very oh, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very very blue collar.
0: But those jobs here are taken by Latinos. They are. It's weird. Yeah. So it's
1: it's a different dynamic. So here I've been stereotyped. You know, I took an acting class and we did a, a game called you know first impressions, and we did it for typecasting purposes. What would you be typecast as? And you know, a couple people were like, "Oh, you look like that spoiled rich Southern California Asian chick." I'm like, I don't know what kind of. I never grew up with rich Asians. The Asians that I grew up with were very. They were immigrants. They were very poor and urban. So for me the Asians out here it's like a culture shock almost Right. you know so it's very different Hmm.
0: I mean are you do you get involved with any of the community down here like the Vietnamese community or your you and your white husband stay up there in the valley (laughs) assimilating
1: Um, well being a a Vietnamese comedian I've done a lot of all Asian type shows just because there's like 10 of us and so they're like oh we have a theme show we need an Asian well do you get shit
0: for not being Vietnamese enough they I they give you both. that too? You can't win. You I know? can't it's like- win.
1: I do. I get, I get a lot of slack for being not Asian enough. I don't know if you, <laughs> you remember when Margaret Tro had her her series. Yeah. She got slack for being too white and then too Asian at the same time. And she's like, what? I'm just being myself. Like, what do you guys want? And so I get a lot of – and that that's the same thing as I told you when growing up where I wasn't black but I wasn't white. I, I've always been in this weird like middle ground, you know, and I get that out here. A lot of people, oh, well, you're not Asian enough. You have a white husband and you, this and that. And you, you know, and I've gotten slack. Oh, well, you probably don't even speak Vietnamese. I speak perfect Vietnamese, actually. You know, or, well, you don't have an accent. Well, you don't do, you know, or I've heard, well, you don't speak with an accent. Well, what type of accent? You know, because I'm from (laughs) New Orleans, a southern accent. (laughs) A Vietnamese accent. What kind of accent do you want? You know?
0: But you grew up in a place, you know, I always tell people when when I'm overseas, there's like, they always ask me, where should we go in America and stuff like that. And I said, well... There's, a, there's about five or six cities that are actually unique to one another. And, and New Orleans is one of them. If you're going to go to the South, you got to go to New Orleans because it's like no other city in America. It's really unique in its thing. It the, is very the unique. The music, the food, the French influence, the then there's the Cajun thing. And then the, it's, it's, and the architecture. I mean, when you're there, you're like, you know, you're there. You know, you could wake up and look around and we're in New Orleans, <laughs> which is not true of you. could wake up in downtown Denver and downtown Cleveland. Phoenix or yeah, something. Yeah. You wouldn't know where the hell you're at.
1: Well, I think that Charleston has a very similar feel.
0: Well, Charleston, Savannah, and New Orleans, and New Orleans. are the three places the in the three South, places, to go. yeah,
1: that have a major feel. I never because experienced... they
0: didn't burn. Sherman didn't fry them to the it ground.
1: Was beautiful. Yeah, but I never experienced really crazy racism. There was only one time I really experienced it, and I wasn't really scared because I I didn't get it. I remember we were at a Mardi Gras parade once, and we were standing in front of a guy's house, and I guess he was a Nazi. Sure. He had a swastika necklace, um, so I was 100% positive if he was a Nazi. Don't and, why are you
0: in New Orleans, you know, <laughs> go to Idaho with the rest of them, and just, you know, make your life easy.
1: So, so he asked us. He said, "He said I don't, I don't want you guys standing on my on my front lawn." Even though in New Orleans during parades, everyone just kind of you know if a parade route is there. People, it's, it's coming like, to you whether you want it. Or not. Yeah, yeah, not, it's coming to you whether you're not right. Mardi Gras. And and the guy asked us to move, and and I didn't. I just didn't get. I saw that he had. I saw that his head was shaved. I saw that he was wearing a tank top. I saw that he had a swastika necklace. But because I was a little kid, it, I didn't put two and two together for some reason. I just thought he wanted us to move. Yeah. Like I didn't think about it. And so me and my mom moved, and my mom was, you know, very upset and and very concerned. But I've seen that here. I've seen that in Orange County. <laughs> I have. Yeah. And and you know what I say when people say it? Because a lot of people say, "Oh, well, did you experience a lot of racism? Did you experience a lot of racism?" Honestly, Mike, to be totally honest with you, I have experienced more racism in some of the cast things that I've been to in Hollywood. Oh yeah, yeah. Than I ever experienced growing up in the South. You know, oh, can you speak with an accent? Oh, can you pretend to be a nail salon lady? Oh, can you
0: Yeah. <laughs> I saw Helen Hong do a joke about that too, the same yeah, thing. It's I love like, Helen. just my she's like, just come out and say it. Hey, could you chink it up a bit? <laughs> you know, you just uh, ding, 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 ding ding you know, do something.
1: It's so true. And and so I I don't some people... A lot of people have these stereotypes. Oh, well, the South is like this. The Midwest is like this. And it is. But you're from the Midwest. You know, it's just people and they're yeah. they're nice. And they just have certain different viewpoints. And that's it.
0: Uh, so why can't... You didn't start comedy. Did you start New Orleans?
1: I did. Why can't...
0: That is one city that just can't keep a club open. It can't. Uh, comedy... <laughs> Comedy dies there. And, and as does. long as I've been doing it, they, they've never made a club work there.
1: They they did. not they had a, the joke gym, which closed down. The improv, which closed down. I think they had something called like the laugh chuckles something yeah. farm or giggle something. snorts giggle uh, snorts they had the and they barn. even had a funny bone that lasted for I think 10 or 15 years and that's done now. Yeah. So there's not even a funny bone. Is I- it just
0: they it just it's so music centric is that?
1: People go to New Orleans to see live music. They don't care about comedy. Yeah. They really don't care if they're going to spend 10 15 bucks on going out that night. They want to Get pay for wasted. live music.
0: Or get wasted walking around with a hurricane and get wasted
1: or eat a pound of butter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what was it like growing up? I mean, do you think it is kind of a crazy place? I mean, consider that normal. That's like it's so different. You know what I mean?
1: Um, actually, and I'm I'm the eccentric one because a lot of my friends growing up are raging alcoholics. But first of all, so let me just say that
0: you left. I mean, you got out.
1: Well, just. So let me just say that growing up there was even more eccentric when I grew up, because first of all, when I was growing up there, the drinking age was still 18.
0: I remember when it changed. The
1: only place in the entire country. And because the drinking age was 18 and everyone looked so freaking young, no one carded anyone. anyone. I mean, they just didn't card, right? So there was you could be 14 or 15 and go into a bar. I remember going into a bar when I was 15 years old, and the bartender was a freshman from my high school. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I am not kidding. The bartender, I was like, what are you doing here, Seamus? And he's like, oh, my dad owns a bar. He was bartending (laughs) at 14 years old.
0: I just got back from Ireland and then I was at this little (laughs) pub and I took a photo of this kid. He was like, he was probably about 12. He was behind the bar because it was his grandfather's pub. It was his family's pub. Yeah. But he's back there. He's pouring beers for everyone and just like you run around his little apron.
1: I used to sell beer in high school at the Superdome. Oh, really? Yeah. Nobody cared. You know, I wasn't supposed to. I was technically supposed to be selling hot dogs, but they 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 say go. You know, whatever. Who cares? That must have
0: been like a huge sea change. When the (laughs) what year did that did it change?
1: Uh, To twenty one. I left in two thousand two, maybe I don't know two thousand three, two thousand two thousand. No, it was when I was in high school. So maybe two thousand one, two thousand. Yeah. But um it changed 911
0: changed everything man.
1: <laughs> but it was 18 so that was one thing. And then there was some other weird wacky laws that they have since changed but I can't remember them all. Public but
0: nudity. There was
1: all sorts of things that were were they you know they they, they had what they called laissez-faire government where mm-hmm. it was just like who cares. Right. You know whatever. And I remember my friends getting pulled over for pot and the cop would just say he would take the weed and you know wink at them and say, "Hey, Vizine buddy." You know. <laughs> so um so, wh- like I said, I, I am the exception because I have tons of friends who are raging alcoholics. But <laughs> to me, it actually normalized it. So I didn't want to go crazy as bad. Whereas a lot of my friends who grew up in very repressed, repressed, conservative Midwest towns or small towns, when they got to college, they just went head We over. used to look
0: for the girls who went to all-girl Catholics.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> because people would just... They were going
0: ape shit. They, they were would, just going nuts, right? Yeah. So
1: I have a lot of friends, a lot of comedians, too, who just went nuts, just went crazy in college because they never had it. You know, I had friends that were drinking since they were 12. I just, I, it wasn't like, I guess... It's my, very French. My argument, yeah. it is. My my argument kind of goes along with the Amsterdam argument where people who are pro-legalization of drugs and other things like that in this country say, well, people in Amsterdam don't go crazy because it's been, it's there and they they just don't care. Right. No, it's You the- only
0: see, like, you know, when you would go around and travel, and I mean, I remember being in a like I was in Sicily, I was on a beach, and we were staying right, right on the beach. And there was a bar, like a normal beach bar. There was some band playing or whatever, and it was a lot of teenagers. And and if they wanted a beer, they could. If they wanted a drink, they could drink. If it's they like, wanted, like not a big deal. But they didn't. They have They would have like one, and then just sit there and smoke all day. And and nobody. And i remember thinking, it's like God, if this is America, there, there would be like kids passed out everywhere they'd be throwing up in the corner you know what i mean just like doing beer bongs very and
1: calm very it's calm it's just
0: uh we overdo everything
1: to me it, <laughs> to know? me it, nor- it normalized everything i remember my first real mardi gras i was 14 and and there was a spot that everyone would go to by burger king where all the and and people would sell jello shots and other things out of their truck older kids and stuff like right. that and and everyone kind of got drunk and then my experience was people just kind of got over it. We're just like, okay, this is stupid, yeah. you know? And so my, a lot of my friends learned how to handle their liquor early. <laughs> right. So they didn't go crazy in college. And then a lot of people just, it was normalized for them. So they didn't go crazy. But some people, you know, I guess if you have that addictive gene, you just have it.
0: Did you leave the state for college?
1: I did. I went to Cal state out here.
0: Oh, okay. You came yeah. out here.
1: Well, it was, it was, a I didn't want to go to college actually. I, I knew I was going to be a comedian and I, Totally really?
0: Like, what? When did you first get on stage?
1: Um, when I was like 17.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, you were young.
1: Yeah, I, I said, I I know I want to be a comic, and my dad's like, it's a phase. Go to college. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you can see where they're coming from. I mean, they're just worried about you. I, I, I mean, can.
1: And, and you know, ten, twelve years later, he's like, okay, go to go yeah, you back can still to go to college. <laughs> college
0: and, you know, they're still accepting applications.
1: <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. I came back home. I think la- two years ago and we went to our favorite chinese restaurant my mom leans over across the table and grabs my arm and she said at least a nurse rosie there's still time
0: oh <laughs>
1: I'm like mom get over it i'm a comic
0: <laughs> <laughs> did uh okay well how far away from the french quarter did you grow up
1: oh like 10 minutes
0: oh that's walking or like
1: driving 10 minutes
0: so you were in the city limits you yeah, were yeah. in the city
1: yeah my mom still lives there actually yoshi who you had on the podcast stayed with my mom when he went there and uh he, he, him and his, his friend that he was traveling with actually changed my mom's perception because my mom is like, I don't, I don't know why the heck she lives in New Orleans. She's like practically Mormon. Oh. She is like a Bible thumper, right? So, um, she, so Yoshi and his friend, a female, a companion, went to go visit my, in New Orleans and and he said, Hey, can I crash at your mom's? I was a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you know, my yeah, mom
0: Yoshi, know, leave your porn collection in the uh in the suitcase. Yeah, I was like, know. please
1: don't mention any porn. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not gonna mention porn with your mom. So he he stays with my mom. My mom calls me the first day, frantic. How do you know these people? <laughs> She's like, Who are they? How do you know them? The girl has tattoos all up her arm. Oh, are they boy. in a gang? What's going on? <laughs> I
0: hate a gang.
1: She was like, so worried and i said mom they're very nice people remember they came to my wedding you met them before i don't remember i don't know why does his female friend have tattoos or her her arm i don't know who this guy is why is he traveling why doesn't he have a job you know (laughs) so i said mom don't worry but they're very nice people so she kind of fell in love with them (laughs) and at the end of the trip she was like, oh, they're so sweet. They're so great. I love them. You know, I just had a great time. I took them out to eat, and I took them to a couple of restaurants. And then my mom is 60 years old, mind you. A couple months later, and I'm telling you, this is a woman that for 59 and a half years judged the heck out of anyone with even a heart tattoo. My sister comes home from college, calls me, and says, I think mom is having a midlife crisis or I guess senior life crisis. She has a tattoo.
0: Come on. Yes. Of what? Jesus? Is it a cross? No, it's a
1: four-leaf clover, and it's on her titty.
0: (laughs) Finally, New Orleans got to her. So I don't know
1: what Yoshi did.
0: Oh, this is a good story. I don't
1: know what happened. I got to get her on the show. I don't know what happened. My mom has a four-leaf clover tattoo on her boob. (laughs) And she, I, I, I said, no. That's great. I said, no, it's a temporary. It's a temporary. My sister texted me a picture of it. It's temporary. I called my mom. I said, mom, did you get a tattoo? She just starts cackling with laughter and doesn't answer the question. And then I've since seen it.
0: She's <laughs> getting all Irish on us. What happened? Pat, Fortley, of all things. That seems so strange. She's
1: like, I need luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So when you go back to New Orleans, when every time you go back, What's the what's the first place you say, I gotta go eat. I gotta eat at this place.
1: Oh my gosh. So first of all I go to there's a po boy place on the West Bank called Di Martino's.
0: Di Martino's. I yes. should put links of all these places. Oh my gosh, it's always... so
1: good. It just looks like a little dive in. There's there was another place I think there's a place called Brothers and it's actually a gas station. I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you, and any local will know, and if you ask people, they'll say, No, she's not joking. It they have the best fried chicken. It's a it's a gas station. Brothers? Brothers Gas Station,
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: And it says Brothers Gas Station and and Fried Chicken.
0: What part of town is this? So they have them all wanna... over. It's a chain.
1: Oh, okay. And it says Brothers Fried Chicken, it, Brothers Gas Station, and it says and Fried Chicken in small parentheses. And there's a picture of a fried a chicken painted on the wall. And they're all over. They're in the hood, but they're all over the place. And they have the best fried chicken ever, ever. <laughs> and um, D Martino's, I go there her po' boys. And what makes a good po' boy? What
0: is the uh, secret? is it the bread is it uh... It's the bread okay
1: because every quote-unquote new orleans themed restaurant i've gone to out here they don't have the right bread
0: i say that with every time i see chicago italian beef Right, place. you get
1: angry they screw
0: up the bread it can't be but
1: the bread is so easy here's the thing every single time i go to a new orleans themed restaurant they try to make they they try to do it up right yeah. they do this fancy french bread no po boy is short for poor boy because it's a cheap just cheap sandwich and the the typical bread they use is this cheap, crusty French bread. It's just the cheapest bread. It's not high, yeah, maintenance high fancy French, you know, gourmet Beverly Hills Parisian bakery bread. It's just the cheap bread with you know. It's actually so easy to make, and I actually make it at my house because it's I can't. And you know where I get the bread from? The Vietnamese bakery. Yes, <laughs> you know what out here. Oh
0: okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely cuz one thing you, you do notice when you go when you you'll see when you go to Vietnam, they have great bread and it's left over from the French. One thing the French did do, you is know, they the, left
1: the bread in Vietnam. The
0: banh mi's and the, you know, the, all that stuff. It's yes. all they taught them how to make bread so and like, it, and they they hung on to it and they, they they do it good. They do it well.
1: It's such a circle because the f-
0: And coffee too. Because they do coffee well.
1: There's so much overlap between French culture and Vietnamese culture and New Orleans culture. It's like like, people always say New Orleans. Like, why'd you end up in New Orleans? But if you think about it, it's like so much overlap. Oh, yeah. Like, the coffee's the same. The bread's the same. In fact, some Vietnamese words are French words because... The weather. Be- the weather is exactly <laughs> the same. Hot, <laughs> humid, right? Mm-hmm. But the French brought things over to Vietnam that they didn't have. And so the Vietnamese used the French words for it. The Vietnamese word for apple is pom, which is the French word for apple. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what? Uh, what is the biggest mistake you think tourists make when they go to New Orleans and what should they stop doing?
1: Okay, stop saying Nolens. Okay. Nobody says that. <laughs> Nobody says Nolens. Uh, really? Nobody says You Nolans. let the words
0: fall out your mouth. Nobody Nolans. says
1: Nolens. Nobody says New Orleans. It's New Orleans. Okay. That's what everyone says, you know, or they say it with a slightly ghetto accent depending on what part of right. town you are. It's more ghetto it's more than... the than Ninth like, Ward, Kate. you say it a little different. Yeah. Nobody says Nolins. If you say Nolens, you're not from Nolens. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, get out of the French Quarter because there's an amazing area called Uptown, where you can see these beautiful antebellum mansions and these beautiful, gorgeous architecture, and it's a safe area.
0: Is that where I went? I went to a, a place there. It was a famous hotel or something, and there was a restaurant in front. It's where they shot the movie Pretty Baby. With Brooke Shields Maybe back in the 70s. Do you
1: know what the hotel is called?
0: I think it's in the area where the... Uh, okay, the streetcar goes right the, there. So, so take... It, so the Garden so take area? The
1: Garden it? District. So take this... Yeah, okay, it was the Garden Saint, District. Take St. Saint Saint Charles streetcar and just take it till it ends and then just walk the length of the streetcar back. I mean, it's... That's New, uptown. New Orleans, yes. New Orleans is not a huge city. It's like, a, honestly, a 20-minute right. walk. And, and you know, because people go to the French Quarter. I've heard so many things people say. I I had a girl. This is a true story. Mike. Okay. So she only was in the French Quarter, and as you know, there you know the French Quarter is the place of sin. Right. And they have some happy ending massage brothers there. Oh, she said God. that all if if you all the Asian women in New Orleans she didn't know it's from New Orleans are prostitutes and people know that and if you're in New Orleans and you're Asian, then people think you're a prostitute. I, I literally was like, You are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> There is a giant Vietnamese population there, thousands and thousands of people, and the the prostitution population is probably 50 women, you know, out of that
0: (laughs) 20,000. There's more here within a square mile of my apartment right now.
1: Yeah. So I could tell that she had just been in the French Quarter, and I've had other people say things, you know, oh, New Orleans this and New Orleans that, and it's all... I'm like, obviously, you only stayed within a two-block radius. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing city. That it's awesome. Um, there's an area called City Park, which is beautiful, absolutely beautiful lake view. There's a huge, uh, that's the area that flooded, but now it's fixed. There's a huge boating and sailing community, beautiful, beautiful sunsets and seafood, and and there's so many beautiful. If you if you're adventurous, there's an area called Ver, Vers, Versailles, named after the beautiful city in mm-hmm. France, uh, nicknamed Viet Okay. <laughs> you can guess why and if you go if you're adventurous there there's a big vietnamese community out there it's so vietnamese the street names are in vietnamese and oh, okay. um you know you can go there there's a french vietnamese bakery there and all these little vietnamese shops
0: i was going to ask you where the great uh, vietnamese restaurants are
1: yeah there's a lot there and um uh vietnamese people are very exclusive where they don't they don't like to set, they like they're kind of like they like their little area and they don't like how in Orange County they have their little area. Yeah. You know, they don't tend to go out. They like to be by similar people. And so it, they have little Chinatowns or Viet, Vietnam towns or whatever where they kind of don't move out as much.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So we didn't talk about uh, Katrina at all. Did your family get through that okay? I was in Biloxi, Mississippi. You were? Last year. For oh, the I thought Mardi you were Gras. say during... during. You know, for the Mardi Gras thing. And you could see because they got really They hit. did
1: worse and they didn't worse. get as much attention.
0: Yeah, because I mean... Because the eye really went over Biloxi and all that stuff. And New Orleans would have been fine if the levees didn't break.
1: Yes. That's um, what all the
0: damage was from. It wasn't so much the storm as it was the levees. It wasn't.
1: The city was fine. Yeah. Um, why were you there? Just performing? Uh, I
0: went on a, a press trip, actually. They brought us down there to try to sell it as a... Um, I was covering it for a, a website. Oh, okay. And so they brought us down there for like four days. And because they w- you're
1: a travel expert? Yes. And
0: I got to, <laughs> I got to ride the float. Did you, the, did you
1: see that I put your podcast up as travel expert?
0: Yes, thank you. That was very nice of you. I appreciate that. I'll take it. Expert in anything, I'll take it. You
1: build that on your resume. Yes. Out of the box podcast, travel expert. Yes.
0: Um, but just seeing like, you could see the water levels painted on the, uh, like the telephone poles of where, when it was like 30 feet high of where it was. So, I mean, what was the, you were, were you were living out here when it happened?
1: I was living out there, but believe it or not, Mike, I was there for the hurricane. And actually, the past three years before that, every hurricane, because I have the best luck with travel. (laughs) So I flew back. I was there literally the week of and the week after because I got trapped. And then uh, I don't want to have flashbacks of my airport experience. Oh, no, I can't. But um, so my mom was saying, We got to get out of town. This is the big one. Now, mind you, I have been through, I think, 10 hurricanes. And we have never evacuated because, you know, everyone in other parts of the country go, well, it's their own fault. They didn't evacuate. Yeah. When you live in a city that gets hit year after year, same thing with people in Miami. You're you're just like, whatever. uh, My family
0: got uh, their house got wiped out. Hurricane Andrew in Miami.
1: Yeah, and you're just like what? You don't leave. You're didn't, just like
0: they, they they hit them all the time. They, you In get the Carolinas hurricanes and
1: all the time. It's yeah. like saying, oh well, we should leave because an earthquake might happen. You you just whatever. So we had I had been through over ten hurricanes. So me and my sisters were like, mom, you're just over worrying again. And she said, I don't know. It's a five. You know, it was I think it was a four at the fourth time. It's a four. And we said no. So then it got to a five, and we're like, eh, maybe you're right, mom.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So we left. Have you ever seen the movie War of the Worlds? Yeah. Remember the traffic scene? Mm -hmm. that actually happened
0: (laughs) just like miles of people trying to
1: miles and miles and miles of traffic we were we went to my aunt's house in baton rouge which is about an hour away and it took about eight hours and me and my sister were in the car we were going nuts i mean we were like this is horrible i was like having anxiety attacks because i was like how am i i didn't think the storm was going to be that bad but i was like how am i going to get out of here how am i going to get back to la like i was thinking about that kind of stuff um so we went to my aunt's house in Baton Rouge. The electricity went out. Let me t- So let me just tell you that the experience being in New Orleans and the experience that the rest of the world heard was not the same thing. You know, when Mayor Nagin lost his, you know, lost his shit and went crazy and you know my friends in la were or whatever i don't know facebook was on back then but my friends on the internet were saying oh well he he should keep his cool he needs to calm down he's just causing more problems being in the area his sentiment was exactly what we were experiencing you know george bush didn't he didn't send any he didn't send anyone right you know we were there like is anyone gonna help us (laughs) You know, it was like, what's going on here? You know, Mary Leandro got in her, uh, I think she drives a Ford pickup or something, and drove, she drove through the night to Washington, D.C. and begged, uh, was it Michael Brown, Michael, what was the, who was the FEMA director?
0: Brownie. You're doing a heck of a job, Brownie. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I Back think it was guy? Michael Brown. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: she begged him to come down because they w- weren't taking the phone call seriously. So she literally drove through the night and begged him to come. We were desperate. I think 10 or 20 policemen walked off the job. That week, you know, Mayor. I thought Mayor Nagin was very eloquent, and I got back to LA, and people were like, "He's an asshole." You know, he just just desperate and seemed. Everyone in the city was like, "No, that's how we feel." You know, because it was just a bad situation. My uncle, who has a a a shop in the Lower Ninth Ward, which he lost, snuck back into the city to check on his shop. uh, Day, I think a day after the levees broke, and he said there was dead bodies floating everywhere, like literal dead bodies. So it was like not, it was bad. And Anderson Cooper and other people were showing some of it, but they couldn't show everything. Yeah. You know.
0: How is it different now than like when you were growing up, like pre-Katrina, even now today when you go back?
1: Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous that I'm not growing up in New Orleans right now.
0: It's better, you think?
1: Oh, my gosh. The storm is one of the best things that ever happened to the city because New Orleans is famous for its corruption, and a lot of the corruption got floated to the top, so to speak, and a lot of change has happened. And a lot of money has poured into the state because of, you know, celebrities who you know shooting a lot of movies, production people. You know, celebrities went there before to shoot movies, kind of fell in love with the city, and just poured in money because of celebrities pouring in money. Other organizations and other people saw that opportunity. Every single time I go back, it's like better and better and better and better. And then with the film and TV stuff, I'm like getting. Pissed. I'm like, what the yeah, heck?
0: <laughs> I, I got to go back home. I got to leave LA to audition.
1: Exactly. So um, they're doing just fine. So when people are, oh, you know, yes, it was a very negative thing that happened, and a lot of people died, and it was a travesty of our federal government. But I mean, it brought outrage of the Bush administration to its pinnacle, and it <laughs> it definitely cleaned up. Oh, there the was
0: more stuff. to come. Uh, there was, oh
1: there was more to come. There was it, more to
0: come. Well, that to come. Yeah. It cleaned
1: me. up the school system. You know, a lot of people actually cite the New Orleans school system as a, a success story because the school system when I was growing up there was bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad. And suppose and and they did what I always tell my husband we should do with a lot of things in our system when people say oh, well, the system's messed up. I said we just need to start from scratch. That's what happened. Everything was literally wiped out and they literally had to start from scratch. You know, it, there was they were like, oh, we have to start from scratch. And so what they did was they built a school system. They're like, how what is the ideal school system? And so now, you know, so I don't I don't know for a fact, but from what I've heard from my friends back there and other people that it's like just the best school system, public school. There's actual change. You yeah. know, all these, you know, idealistic yuppies from other places wanted to go <laughs> to New Orleans and fix things. Right. And, and they stayed, I guess. And fell, I was, fell in love with the city and stayed. And you can afford a house. You can afford a house. You can get a house there for $180,000. Oh, God. A nice house. Mm. A big house with a yard. (laughs) In a good area.
0: Would you go back to live?
1: I've been on the fence. You know, I think if I have kids, maybe. Um, I don't know. I've been trying to find a local agent, if anyone wants to rep me. (laughs) Because they get breakdowns there that they don't get out here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Because I have actor friends, too. I I have a friend that moved out here. To become an actor got nothing had an agent got nothing for two years moved back and has been booking stuff like crazy he was in an oscar-nominated movie
0: wow yeah
1: so he's like working but he has a very specific look
0: but the comedy scene still sucks
1: the comedy scene is decent actually but there's no club yeah but there's a pretty strong local local scene
0: like like local club scene that kind of thing um like uh open mics, one-nighters and stuff like open that? mics and one-nighters okay yeah, yeah yeah but there's no club yeah
1: it's no Chicago.
0: I know. They were shooting a lot of stuff in Shreveport, I remember, too, when they were a, lot of stuff a few there. years ago. Just
1: a lot of stuff there in general. All the Twilight movies, uh, Planet of the Apes were shot there because there's a lot of naturey stuff and swamps and weird. There's different, you know. Yeah. And the crime has gone down a lot, so it's better because they used to shoot stuff there when I was growing up. They shot a lot of stuff there, and stuff would get st- – I mean, it was ghetto. People would get camera equipment stolen. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Is there one one restaurant in L.A. that – does New Orleans food right? I mean, is there anything out here that's the closest facsimile you found? My kitchen.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you taking
0: reservations? Because I would love to eat some.
1: I am not taking reservations. It's it's really hard. I've been to a couple places out here. There's, I think a new
0: place just opened downtown, too. I, I
1: haven't think. been to that one. There's There was a place that I went to in Arcadia, believe it or not, that did a very good job, and they closed down within a couple months. Oh. And someone found it, a friend of mine found it for me and said, oh, I thought you'd like it. It's a New Orleans restaurant. And I went there and it was actually a Chinese guy that fell in love with New Orleans cooking Oh, and opened the restaurant. And he did a great job. I, I had their crawfish. It was great. And my husband had a couple of their dishes. We went with friends. So we all ordered something different, tried it. They actually did a really, really good job. I think it was called Taste of New Orleans or something. And then <laughs> I called them to, to make see if they were open for something, and they were out of business. No! no! Why did you open in Arcadia? <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Because he lives there. That's why. He's in his own neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So I haven't found one yet. And I am, am not super snobby about New Orleans food the way some people are right. that are from there, just because I know I'm not going to get it. But it's still been pretty bad. <laughs>
0: True or not true? This is what I've heard even from like I've heard chefs from New Orleans say this that in a pinch the red beans and rice at Popeyes not bad. It isn't. Yeah, they do they actually do that not bad. Like pretty good. They Popeyes said that's good. Popeyes
1: is actually not that bad. It's but the Popeyes out here is also different than the Popeyes out there. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's not as good. It's no brothers. It's no brothers. Brothers is so good. I'm telling you. I'm going to find gonna, that place. Would they have happen. a
0: website? They would have a website, right?
1: I don't know if they would. It's pretty ghetto. But let me tell you what would happen. You would go to the gas station and you would look around and you would say, really, Rosie? Really? And then you would have one bite Those of that fried Those are the best chicken. places. And you would say, oh, my God. That's how it is in New Orleans, too. And it's changing a little bit now. But they, they have the high end and the low end. But the low end is really good. So many dive hole in the walls. What's the place? um Oh, What is that place in the French Quarter? Port-A-Calls that has the burger. Oh my God, the burgers are
0: so good. Portocol?
1: Portocol. Okay. It's a dive bar in the quarter. You go in. It's dark. It's dingy. It's dirty. The burgers are so good. I'm gonna have to remember this. I will make you a list.
0: Yes, please. I am well, a huge. A, I'm a huge
1: food snob, Mike.
0: Okay, we'll make a list because, like, every time I go to New Orleans or every time I go and other people have asked me only because I not that I'm an expert. They go, "Do you know of any good places to go?" And then there was an ex girlfriend of mine went to Tulane law school and so i right. had her, i had heard like you had a lawyer <laughs> couple that's what a happened <laughs> oh don't get me started <laughs> but she made a list that um i'm gonna have a i wanted her to write up I mean, we didn't we never did it but yeah i want to have it in one place yeah, after
1: you it, dumped her she's so give exactly. you the list that's
0: true <laughs> but if you make it then you know whenever anybody asks you you just tell them to Here's the link and you send them to my site and you get it right there.
1: I will make you the list because I
0: give me your best pole boy place, go, the chicken.
1: People go and they only know from Yelp or, or Travel right. Advisor or other things and it's other tourists telling other tourists. And and so it's not
0: No, I always want a local's opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's always it's just like, you know, when you go to Hollywood and people say, Oh, go to Hollywood Highlander. No. You know, yeah. go you're like, No, 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 no. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: Universal City. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're like, no. oh, did you see the Hollywood set? Yeah, there's, there's there's, the touristy New Orleans, and then there's the other. Yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of people, locals will say, you know, the best gumbo, the best is my grandma's, or is yeah, my... of you course. Know, and you go, well, I can't get any grandma's house. Yeah, unless, <laughs> unless
0: you're inviting me over.
1: That's a, that's how I feel about pho, like the Vietnamese soup. I know. God, oh, I love pho. At my mom's house.
0: <laughs> I know. It's probably... <laughs> It's so funny. You have it there for breakfast in Vietnam. I know. you know. And then you, I tell that to people here. Well, you have soup for breakfast? I go, you know, it sounds weird at first. But then after a it's few really days, good. you're like, this is where's my week- pho? <laughs> I got to wake up. My, where's my morning pho? <laughs> and everybody does it differently. And then you add, you start, you can add different stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, my it's mom, so good. My mom's I want some now. It's so good. Oh,
1: my God. And I think my mom lies because <laughs> she's the type of person where she wants us to keep coming home. She's given me her recipe like and i've made it she's left something out she's leaving something out yeah <laughs> it doesn't taste the same
0: never I'm you know like, why because she makes it with love that's why
1: no because she wants us to keep coming home because you know what else she does because she does that stupid thing that people that cook a lot do where she doesn't measure things
0: right she so does I'll it all say, by sight yeah and... i'll say
1: mom how much you she goes you just put into taste i'm like well what is to taste because you just pour it in and then you know when it's ready i'm like but how do you know when it's ready You're right <laughs> she's like i don't know how to tell you rosie you just pour it in until it's ready <laughs> yeah.
0: so you ready to go back you for christmas
1: oh i'm so ready i already have my list
0: do you gain like 10 pounds whenever you go back
1: 10 to 15 it's really bad <laughs> i know it's bad but I when you're there you, for a
0: weekend it's an easy five when an you easy have paladin
1: butter being poured into every dish <laughs> people don't realize gumbo is the, to make the roux and gumbo you mix the flour and the butter and you mix it till your arms start and it's butter and sticks and sticks of butter that's why it's so delicious that's why the gumbo you're literally drinking butter
0: mm. <laughs> i was wondering what it was
1: it's butter and oak and oh, flour
0: good that that's so good
1: and you just mix it and uh, it's just no. butter you're it's literally so good, drinking no. you're drinking pure butter
0: which is delicious
1: <laughs> which is delicious
0: oh well, then here's, okay now we got a car alarm that's up
1: well, thank am you I, so much. Am I that boring, Mike? You keep looking at the, the time. No,
0: no, no. I want to know where we're at. Okay. And we're already over an hour. Okay. So, no. No, thank you for coming.
1: Thank you. I feel like we didn't talk about traveling, just locations. Well,
0: where else have you been <laughs> that, that, that I missed? You've been to Paris?
1: I've been to Paris. I've been to weird, wacky Middle Eastern countries. I've been to Germany. Wacky um,
0: Middle Eastern countries?
1: Just because I don't remember, because I, like, I went on a 12-day tour. And they did just, you
0: do a USO thing?
1: I did. They just shuffled us. They're like, you're going here, you're going here, you're going here. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember where I went. <laughs> the, but I stayed in Saddam's palace. Oh, you did? I did. And? And it was...
0: What's it look like inside? It looks, I'm sure it's very tastefully decorated.
1: It is very tacky. <laughs> <laughs> no. A lot of stone, a lot of... Pictures to, of
0: himself, I'm sure.
1: No, they've taken those down. Yeah. 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 Although I went to one palace and uh, I was on the back porch and I was with a bunch of soldiers and they all had AK-47s, they were smoking cigars and they were grilling steaks in Saddam's palace. And I thought, we are gangsters. I'm kind of scared right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've talked to... We have a few comics on here that have done uh, USO tours and stuff. Graham talked about it a lot. He did a lot of those. Um did you ever have to go to a place where you wore the... You have to cover your head and do the whole... I
1: did. I went on the most dangerous street in Baghdad. It was like the most bombs or whatever. And I had to wear 35 pounds worth of gear. Oh. And I had two bodyguards. And um, my bodyguards were really hot.
0: That's pretty gangster too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got bodyguards. Um, although I tagged them in a picture and they like untag themselves and they're like, you can't tag us in pictures. Ah. <laughs>
0: yeah we're kind of working we don't need to
1: <laughs> they're do. like you can't say our names and you can't say that we're navy seals i'm like oh sorry
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: so i could mention that they were my bodyguards but i couldn't say that they were they i don't know i guess they were super super private clearance mm-hmm. i don't know um did
0: it get any scary moments
1: uh there was a couple of bases i performed at where bombs were going off but everyone just treated it like it was no big deal <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, that's we're just having a bomb attack. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm a comedian. Well, you
0: not... don't seem to have much stress about it. Yeah, not like your dad. You're not waking up screaming in the in the middle of the night.
1: Well, a couple, he must think you're a big wuss. A couple people told me they were like, well, this is how they thought about it. They said they've had people that friends had died, and then they had friends that were there for you know a year, two years, totally fine, went back to the U.S. and got a car accident, died. Yeah. So they were saying. It can happen anywhere. Just you can't think about it like that, you know? So, but um, that was pretty heavy gear. I mean, I weigh 120, so 35 pounds. That's like a third oh, of my that, body weight. Yeah, and the heat and everything and else. And the heat. And, but the best part about the whole thing was um, all of the soldiers making fun of me because they, they thought I was going to have all this gear because you had to carry your own gear. And I had a little duffel bag, and all the guy comedians had like three or four freaking suitcases. <laughs> and so the soldiers were like, "Oh, let me help you. Is this all your crap?" You know, making fun of me for being the girl. And it was all the guys' suitcases.
0: <laughs> any souvenirs from there? Did the you take prima donna
1: comedians. Um, I had. I got a headscarf from from a gentleman, and um, you can get any 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 bootleg DVD you want. Well,
0: sure. <laughs> That's when you see that, and like I, I remember going through Asia, like seeing the markets on the sidewalk, and some guy selling DVDs of stuff that was coming out that day.
1: I know you are like in the US. North Korean hack. Yeah. North Korea is the last country to hack. Every country's already hacked.
0: Us. <laughs> I know.
1: Every DVD, every DVD, right? Oh yeah, everything. Everything.
0: Where would you, your dream destination, other than Vietnam? Where do you want to? Where do you want to go?
1: I want to go to Vietnam. I want to go, and uh, everyone has said it's not. As great as it looks, because you get bored after like two days. I want to go to one of those islands where you s- have a hut over the water. Yeah, Boring, this was right? Bora
0: Bora, totally Tahiti. boring. Boring. No, Bora Bora.
1: No, no. I know. I'm saying, is it boring? Well,
0: not if you're with. You can't go solo. You got to be with some, your your husband.
1: Did you go with a romantic partner? I haven't been. You haven't been. I'm uh, waiting
0: for the to you know to fine. take somebody.
1: Got ladies. Hello. He's single.
0: I don't know some places that it's like I've been putting off the Greek islands for so long for the, that reason because I wanted like that's you got to bring some you know any romantic island you know I've been to Maui with some dudes. Did you hear on about a surfing th- trip and it's like it's nothing but couples
1: did everywhere. You, did you did you hear about the guy that took the strange stranger girl? Up, oh, around uh, the, world? the Canadian. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he needed a girl with the exact name. <laughs>
1: Maybe That's going to be
0: do, a movie next year, right? Maybe
1: you can do that. You got to Google girls with really hot names. Oh, people
0: will thing. go. That's not even. <laughs> if you can offer a trip to somebody, they'll go. It's just I'm trying to get you
1: a romantic trip, Mike.
0: Oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So you want to go Bora Bora?
1: Somewhere where practice
0: your bad French.
1: Some 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 place <laughs> where there's. I would like to be dropped off in some you know French country where. I'm forced to use my French. You'd be surprised
0: how much comes back to you.
1: Well, when I'm drunk or intoxicated with other illegal... Okay. Delete, delete. I never said that. (laughs) I actually speak perfect French. (laughs) And I've had several friends like, what's going on here? (laughs) So I think since I've been learning French since I was a little girl in New Orleans, even though I had bad teachers, that it's somewhere in in that brain somewhere. Because I've...
0: In Paris, when you were there, it didn't a lot of it didn't come back?
1: I was speaking French a lot, but I was struggling. Yeah. But my husband, who doesn't speak any French, was like, "Wow, you're really good." He's like, "You speak really good French," <laughs> but I was struggling pretty hard. And most of the time in they, Paris,
0: they don't cut you slack they're,
1: They were pretty cool. They would oh, they really? would be they were gracious that I tried, and then they would say, "I speak English and speak English." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that you've tried, let's speak English. Yeah, they're like your through French this. is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Stop murdering my language. <laughs>
1: um it's hard too because a lot there are a lot of french people who are french snobs about the french language so they would, and the french everything so they would get uneasy about my bad french and just be like no you can't say that they, it was like too much tutoring i was like let me just practice my bad french
0: yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's
1: your dream place
0: oh i got a million i talk about it all the time here this well, year though well, i just I- want to know I, I have my bucket list for this year. I I have been putting off Greece forever and I got to get that done. I say it every year and it's like this is the year I'm going to and Egypt. I want oh, yeah. to so they're right across the sea from each other you know, so maybe I can do that in one trip.
1: No, no more turmoil? No, yes. Um I think tur- tourists tourists are fine. That's they it's, need it. They
0: need it badly. So, yeah. you know, they'll you as, if you're a tourist you're fine and then there's, you know, if there's trouble they go, look there's it's like any big city there's certain areas you don't go to. You're a tourist they're right. not going to tell you, "Hey, go to Compton, you know, <laughs> just like there. It's like, don't go to that square, especially if there's a protest or something going on, you know, so you're fine. So I want to do that. And then uh, where else do I want to go? Oh, there's a million you, places. Nepal. Nepal is another one. Too.
1: You go to a place with a lot of turmoil. There's not a lot of tourists. So there's probably, I mean, this is probably bad, but it's good for you. It, stuff is really cheap, right? You can
0: get a deal. and a deal. And a lot of times they're really appreciative that you're there. You know, They'll go the extra mile, right? yeah, 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 yeah. They're just grateful that you're there. You've got
1: to work on your other... Li- if you're traveling all over, you've got to learn at least Spanish or something. Come on, no Mike. No, Spanish.
0: That's it. And that's the other thing I say every year that I want to get... I can get by, but I want to get conversational. And, and even living here, it comes in really handy. Yeah. You know, we're in L.A. We should both speak the language. <laughs> you know? And uh, we don't. Yeah. You and your bad French. I
1: know, right?
0: My buddy lives in Phoenix, and he's sending his kids ever since they've lived in San Francisco and then they moved to Phoenix, but they, his daughters have always gone to like a French-speaking school, like mm-hmm. a French school. Yeah. And I was like, you guys live in Arizona.
1: Here's what bugs me. Let I'm them gonna, speak Spanish. I'm going to go off on my tangent. They're going to need it. I'm going to go off on my tangent. People of other languages, be nice to us Americans, okay? <laughs> no, because I had, I had a friend come over here and you know she didn't speak English very well, but if she was close to the word, I got it. Oh, yeah, I yeah, gave yeah. her the slack, you know. I went over there. I said, you know, mauvais. It's mauvais, not mauvais. I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dick.
0: <laughs> don't get all French on me.
1: <laughs> you know, you or the same thing with my Vietnamese when I my mom. Oh, it's it. You, you say it like that, but you knew what no, I was saying. Yeah, right, I don't. Mom?
0: I don't correct people. You like knew what that I was saying, all. right,
1: mom? People come here and speak bad English all the time. As long as they're in the 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 neighborhood, and I get what they're saying, I go okay, I get it. I'm not going to be a jerk about it. (laughs) I know, you know. I understand. Oh, it's like this. You're saying it wrong. It's like calm down. And I've
0: never gotten that in uh, any Spanish-speaking country. (sighs) You know, I really never have. I did. Yeah, it's weird to think about
1: it. I've been what is it seared? My had my butt seared. Yeah, (laughs) on a skewer.
0: (laughs) Oh, Colombia. There's another place I want to go.
1: I want to go to Venezuela.
0: Yeah, I'll go there. I'll go anywhere I've not been. I'll go
1: anywhere. I, I'll go I'll go anywhere. B- I even want to. I have been. I even want to go to crazy uh, African countries. I'm not afraid. Maybe of Ebola, but I'm not. No, af- I'd love to get back. I've, I was in. I'm not afraid to go
0: Kenya and Tanzania this year. It was great.
1: Yeah. The only, the only thing I've heard about some. My my brother travels like crazy because he gets his three months off. Stupid to French people, mm-hmm. and he just goes all over the place. And um, a, a lot of the. The super poor countries, which I haven't—I've been to parts of Mexico, but I haven't been to any of the super super poor countries. He he just says you can't really have a heart because you give to one beggar and then ten beggars come. You can't,
0: out uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, like I've I've been to well, India is still the worst I've seen yeah, anywhere. With the poverty, and yeah. he
1: he just said it just was tearing. It's his, overwhelming. He I mean, said it was tearing his heart open, but he couldn't. He you said can't. He, he gave, and then just like twenty kids swarmed out of nowhere and. And everywhere he
0: went, yeah, it'll never end. So I mean, I remember some tour groups that I've worked with in those countries, and it's like, and we know you want to, but we also don't want to encourage them begging, you know, for a living. You know, so if you want to give, we have these organizations here, these local organizations that help empower them. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that you know we recommend if you want to give. So and and I know it's tough, and they all know that you have a lot more money than they do, a lot more. And uh, how do you say no? But If you gave to, I learned that even in New York, you know, I walk down the street, people bum, try to get change from me for every, hey, Joe White guy, I'm the target, man. And you learn, it's just like, I don't have that much change. I mean, it's every block. If I gave to everyone, toll booths don't have that much change. You know what I mean? It's just, you can't. So you finally have to like, you you keep focused, you don't make eye contact and you walk. You know, you just, if you stop, you're dead. You know, if you stop and try to engage, no, don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> don't do it. I walk so fast. You learn that. With I mean, your New York. Structure. By the time you know, you know, they're you already past them, but if, before they finish the sentence, you know, you don't even let them give them a chance. And it's hard, but you'll never get anywhere if you don't. You know, toughens you up.
1: All right, I'll get. I'll get go to somewhere.
0: Vietnam, will you, please?
1: To I know, I know. You can see I'm my bad. friend
0: in Saigon. You'd love her. You see your cousins, yeah. and it's cheap. Once you get there, Everyone
1: cheap. keeps telling me to go and it's get so dresses made and things made because they have like yeah. the best seamstresses <laughs> and you'll get like a, you know, Armani, well, I'm not a man, but an Armani tailored suit for like nothing. Oh, yeah. Did Do you it. get a suit?
0: I didn't get it. I'm kicking myself for not getting one there and in Hong Kong.
1: Is it, is it right you can get a custom tailored suit?
0: Yeah, for, well, in Hong Kong would be about like in about a couple hundred bucks for a guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a tailored suit.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean... Yeah, but you got to pick the right places and go with a local because you can come home and like the sleeve will fall off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got to... like That's when it helps to know locals and then they say, no, go to this place. Don't go. Or else, you know, if you go like... Listen, don't listen to the tourists. You know, read the... You got to be careful because yeah. you can get ripped off, but still. Yeah. So it's nice. You'll love it.
1: So you're just... So we've got to find you a romantic, beautiful... Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We'll work he on that. He wants
1: to go to the Greek Isles, ladies.
0: I'm going to go anyway. He's this year cute. I'm going to make it happen. This year I'm going to make it happen.
1: He's smart. He's well-traveled.
0: <laughs> I got a pimp here for <laughs> me. This is great. Okay, did you want to plug before you leave?
1: Um, yeah, you guys, get your podcast, your website. Go to outoftheboxpodcast.com and go on soundcloud.com slash outoftheboxpodcast. Follow me at Funny funnyrosie. Really, guys, I really want you guys to listen to the podcast, though. I know... Here's the thing. My cousin, awesome podcast, and there is a lot of independent podcasters like us who have awesome podcasts. And some of you, you listen to Marin and you listen to Nerdist and you don't listen to anything else. You or you listen to Rogan. You have your three or four podcasts and you don't delve in any of the other podcasts. Our podcasts are awesome. They're awesome. We get awesome guests. We go out of our way. How many hours, you know, I, we spend time editing. Mike's trying to find a Skype program. We're doing <laughs> yeah. all these things to bring you guys amazing content. And it's- For lo- no money. For no money, literally. You know, I, I said on the episode this week, I think I'm losing money doing the podcast. But we do it because we love it and we want to get information out there and stuff. If you're listening to this, obviously you've gone that far. But, you know, try mine. Try try a couple others. Just give us a chance, you know. I I know, you know, uh, Rogan, uh, Mar- Marin. I love those guys, too. I love them, too. <laughs> but Deviate, there's, like, thousands, thousands of awesome podcasts. So just support me and support other indie podcasts.
0: Thank you. Thanks for the plug. And thanks for driving over the hill.
1: Yes. Thank you. During rush hour. Dr. Siegel.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> guys, this room looks like a therapist's office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it comfortable for the guests. Sorry, maybe you'd be more comfortable with a dog nipping all over your house and <laughs> My barking dogs were during good. your pot. Your, your dogs were good. They didn't They're even, very cute. They
1: didn't even make you sneeze.
0: No, no, they were great. They were great. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. All right, that's Rosie Tran, everyone. Say goodbye, Rosie.
1: Bye, guys. Bye.